everybody welcome to episode 71 of the bomber brothers podcast part of the pinstripe alley community of podcasts sean and ryan back after a little bit of a break the yankees have been on a break anyway so what does it matter it's uh you'd think after not having the yankees to watch for what was it nine months or something like that that uh a week wouldn't feel so bad but you know once the season's back and you're used to watching Again, and then you have this kind of break, which once they play today would be, what, a six-day break in between the last time we got to watch the Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's been pretty rough. Well, I mean, to be honest, I kind of needed to cleanse my palate after that Tampa series at the end of uh... – at the at the end of last week, after they got swept by the Rays, which was preceded by a sweep, four game sweep of the dismal Red Sox, oh, God, they are awful. Uh, it's it's great. I love it. Like people are like, oh, it's better when the Red Sox are good. You know what? I don't mind beating the hell out of them every once in a while. So that's good. But then Tampa came in and put us in our place, and we can't seem to mess with them this year. We're what one and and six against them to start the year. So. That's not good, especially since they're actually our prime competition. But I honestly, obviously, the the COVID thing with the Mets postponement, you don't want anybody to get COVID. But it allows the Yankees to sort of reset their bullpen, reset their rotation. And it allows us to not miss, what, two extra games from Judge. And, and it gives Stanton and, and Glaber and, and um, Paxton a little bit more time for games that they haven't missed to come back. So it allows them to sort of reset and get ready. And then, of course, they get screwed with a doubleheader to start this, but then they have a day off tomorrow. So um, it allows them to rest and uh, hopefully kind of get that Tampa series out of their system and get back to playing the way they were the week before, where they took two from the Braves and then uh, swept the swept the Red Sox. Yeah, it's, it's a double-edged sword because, like you said, we were talking about this you know, before the season even started, how if there's any team that can benefit from a significant delay, it's the Yankees who were waiting for guys like Judge, Stanton, and Hicks to come back and, and be healthy, and, and then they all were ready for the start of the season. But now, you get that break, so Judge doesn't have to miss any more games, but at the same time, now the Yankees have three doubleheaders in the next five days, and more coming down the line, so now you're really hoping that those starters can go deep into these seven inning games so the bullpen doesn't have to be used as much especially with um canely already out and now Britain out so suddenly the bullpen is is a little thinner than than usual so the yankees they're gonna need innings they're gonna need innings out of their starters so hopefully cole tonight can go all seven i'm sure if boone tries to pull him out before seven cole's gonna be not happy about it 
Um, but hopefully Cole, both Cole and Tanaka can give the Yankees some length tonight as we record on Wednesday so that you know, the bullpen can, can stay fresh for the coming weekend when there's going to be a lot of innings played against the Mets after the whole series was postponed this past weekend. And I think the Yankees, for what, they played the Mets five times? Is that is that right? Well, they have the double. They have a doubleheader Fridays. Yeah, five times. And I don't think they get Cole either, right? Because Cole's not pitching again till Monday. So yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I guess that's good for the Yankees because the rest of the Mets rotation is pretty awful. Um, but Mets stink. Should be should be an easy series. I hope they've been. They were playing a little better. It was against the Marlins, but who have been led, coming back down to earth? Led, led led by the upstart Robinson Cano. Yeah, Cano has been Cano has been hitting the ball well. Yeah, I mean, look, I know they're playing better, but they're you know they're twelve and sixteen. Um, the Yankees Yankees should win these games. Yeah, these are certainly the games the Yankees have to win because then they play the Rays again next week, and they apparently can't beat them. So. Definitely important to win as many games as possible in the next five days. For sure. So other interesting news from yesterday was was Jay Happ, who uh, is not happy with how the rotation has been panning out, saying that it's uh, pretty obvious why he hasn't been pitching, thinks that it's because the Yankees are trying to avoid his vesting option, which would, um, which they would have to pay him more money if he made ten starts this year, and he's obviously not on pace for that because a lot of his starts have been skipped. So, um, just in in your eyes, just what do you what do you make of this situation? Are the Yankees trying to screw him out of seventeen million, uh, or is this just a product of a have not being very good at least not through two of his three starts this year after a dismal year last year and is it also potentially a product of all these postponements and rainouts which is giving the Yankees more opportunities to shuffle their rotation to maximize starts from Cole and Tanaka instead of some of the more shaky starters like Happ and, and Montgomery well I, I mean look Montgomery for all the shakiness he still has an ERA that's about a buck and a half below haps so and and he'd be the next worst starter so um no I, I think you have to get as many starts from Cole Tanaka as you can and and then you go from there um but I understand where where Hap is coming from. It doesn't look great, especially with the the option situation. And I would be upset too if I felt like somebody was messing around with my money. But at the same time, I understand it from the Yankees' perspective, where hey, we're trying to win games, and um, I, I think pitching Garrett Cole as much as possible in a short season is the best way to do that. And, and going with your your fifth starter. I mean, he came into the season as fifth starter as infrequently as possible is probably the way to go as well. I mean. Look, Tanaka had, you know, one of the Tanaka stinkers the other night, but he still pitched well in most of his starts. What, like three out of four starts, I'd say he pitched pretty well. Yeah, he uh, shut shut down the Rays one start, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, and um, I, I mean, you know, Montgomery, he's got a 4-6 ERA, which 
isn't the worst thing in the world considering one of his starts. I think he got wrecked. Um, but he, you know, Montgomery's also sporting a one Oh nine whip, which right is second for all the starters other than Cole. So, um, you know, I, I think the Yankees have to be aggressive in, in how they deploy Cole and Tanaka and, you know, the way the season sets up with these seven inning games, sometimes it's better to just do a bullpen game. I mean, Lewisic has been throwing the ball really well. And, um, you know, you've been getting good performances from guys like Holder and, um, and, and so on. So I think, you know, I, I think the Yankees need to, need to do what they can to win. And unfortunately, that doesn't include Jay Hath most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I normally side 100% with the players because I feel like the situation normally warrants it because it usually is owners and teams trying to screw players out of money or service time or whatever it may be. And and maybe that is some of the motivation. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like you said, I would definitely be pissed too if I was Hap and trying to make as much money as possible. I'm 37 years old. I'm about to be 38. And knowing that there's not too many contracts left before I retire so of course you want to make as much money as possible but at the same time I mean you you said exactly what my thought process was in in a shortened season where every game matters so much of course you're going to maximize how many starts your 300 million dollar ace gets in in Garrett Cole so if you're if you have an opportunity to shuffle the rotation because of all these postponements and rainouts then, of course, you want to go back in with your number one starter. And, you know, Hap was, Hap was pretty good against, against Boston in his last start. He only allowed three hits and an earned run in five and two-thirds. But he was also hit really hard in his previous two starts before that. And after last year, he's fairly low on the totem pole right now. I, would we be having this conversation if there weren't all these postponements and rainouts? I really don't think so because the Yankees already had lost Severino. They're down Paxton now. So I, I feel like in a normal situation where, and if things do start to normalize down the stretch with you know, no more COVID postponements or no more rainouts, then I'm sure Hap is going to get plenty of innings. Will he reach his 10 starts? Uh, probably not. There's just over a month to go and he's, he would have to make seven. But I think I think he also can reach an innings limit if I'm not mistaken. I think it's ten starts or yeah or sixty one in the third innings. So he would he would have to he would have to pitch with more length than he has in his first three starts. But but anyway, that's just all to say if there weren't these postponements and rainouts, I feel like Hap would certainly be much more needed because the Yankees are already depleted in the pitching staff. So. I, yeah. think this, I think he's just an unfortunate victim of circumstance right now. Yeah, and I, I think the way the season plays out is rough on him, too. Like, we saw last year, he pitched very well in the second half once he got his fastball command down. And right now, he just doesn't have the time to get the feel for that, like over a 162-game season he normally would have. So, it is what it is, but, I mean... Yankees are going to have a lot of question marks on their rotation next year, and I don't think Hap is the answer to those question marks just at his age right now. So it's just going to play out the way it's going to play out with um, the short season, the rainouts, the COVID stuff, just sort of answering the Yankees' questions for them. Yeah, it's it's interesting looking ahead to next year because you know Pax, Paxton suffered an injury again. You know, Tanaka's a pending free agent, and now. 
the Yankees might have a decision to make. Obviously, they can afford both, but they might not want to bring back both. At this point, obviously, Paxton has a higher upside, but Tanaka seems to have the durability advantage, and he's got a great postseason history. Who who, who of those two are you, would you be bringing back at this point? Well, I mean, the thing, the thing about Paxton is we've kind of seen what happens when his stuff is diminished, because this year he has not been the young James Paxton throwing 95. He's been, you know, throwing with lower velocity and, and to worse results. Um, you know, he's, he's allowed 15 earned runs in only 20 innings. That's not great. Um, his whip is 1.5. So I, I, you know, I, I know Tanaka has those starts where he just gets absolutely bombarded and he has those stretches of inconsistency, but he's also very smart as a pitcher. And I'm not saying that Paxton can't learn to be smart. Uh, I think he's probably a pretty intelligent dude, but, um, uh, right now, I just where they are and what they've done as a Yankee. I'd love to have both of them back, but if if I have to take one, I'm taking Tanaka. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably say the same. Paxton's injury history is definitely definitely concerning. I don't know how much blame I put on his injury issues, or at least his most recent one on him, because injuries to pitchers is an epidemic right now, and it seems pretty universal that a lot of pitchers believe it's because there there was such an unorthodox you know prep time leading up to this season so I'm sure that has something to do with it and at least it wasn't a UCL injury that was a huge sigh of relief on mm-hmm. on the Paxton front but now the Yankees are certainly shorthanded and we've saw this last year but this seems like it could be an even greater challenge this year because now the Yankees were scheduled to play 22 games over the next 20 days, and that was before last night's rainout. So now it's now it's what 22 games in 19 days. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be much harder to to mask some of those injuries with this many games coming up. I, I mean, you know, bullpen bullpen's depleted. Two two of the top three arms in the bullpen are out. Uh, you have Paxton and Severino out of the rotation. You have Stanton still out now Torres is out and sudden and, and Judge is just coming back and you know that Boone is not gonna run just run him out there every day even if Judge asks because mm-hmm. this is a pretty big stretch so now all of a sudden the Yankees are really really gonna have to uh to flex their depth for this uh upcoming stretch if they want to stay in the hunt for first place in the division which we know is not as important as it is in a normal season because of the current expanded playoff format. But still, if the Yankees want to stay in the race to win the division for the second straight year, they're definitely going to have to weather these next three weeks and try to stay healthy and try to keep those arms fresh in what's going to be a lot of innings. Well, I mean, I think think they're set up okay in that they they still have Cole, Montgomery, Tanaka, and Half in the rotation. So that's four, look... Not great options at the end there with Hap, but major league quality arms. I mean, I think even for his struggles early, Hap is a major league quality pitcher. And then you have a bullpen day, and with the seven inning games, I think that's going to take some some time off your bullpen too. Like today with Cole going, I think if the Yankees pitch more than one inning out of their bullpen, they're going to consider that a you know not great. As the lineup is what concerns me more because 
you know, one guy that we vote, two guys that we had all year last year were DJ LeMahieu and, um, and Aaron, and I'm sorry, and um, Gleyber Torres. And they're both gone. Like we lost our entire middle infield. That's, that's a huge blow. And losing LeMahieu really, really hurts. And I, I think we're still, what, two weeks away from him coming back? Because they said about three weeks. Three to four weeks. Yeah, it. He had a similar injury in 2018, and I think I think it took two weeks for him to come back yeah. from that. But I think they were saying it could be closer to three weeks this time. So, I mean, at least he had, at least he was able to avoid surgery. When it first happened, I was like, "Oh God, is that a wrist injury or something?" And yeah, the oh, handmade bone or, or that yeah. sucks. Uh, and then also remembered and also looked back to like 2017 when Sanchez strained his biceps just by taking a big hack and that was a month. So this was definitely a much more desirable outcome for lack of a better word. Obviously, you didn't want him to be hurt at all. But I mean, it's it's DJ LeMahieu, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in two weeks. But it's also the Yankees, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in four. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean – it's uh, anytime you lose a guy with a 456 on base uh, from, from from the leadoff spot, that that hurts. Yeah. Um, but and, and you know, like it sucks because Torres was starting to come around and starting to hit the ball after a slow start, and then he gets hurt. And uh, it's the same story, and and it's also part of the same story. In you look to the one guy that's become superhuman. Uh, to weather these injuries, and and that's Mr. Luke Voigt on pace. If we were playing 162 games, to hit 65 homers. I mean, Luke Voigt's numbers are insane. He's batting 311 with a 1,115 OPS. That's just nuts. And I believe I mean, this couldn't have changed because the Yankees haven't played since then. But I believe his WRC plus is 187, which, as Devin Fink of Beyond the Box Score tweeted yesterday. Leads all position players in the league, so pretty good. Yeah, I think. Uh, look, we, we've me and you have talked about this a lot because we were both pretty stout Voight believers that 2018 wasn't a fluke because he was putting up similar numbers in 2019 before he got hurt in London. So now, put mix this into the equation, and you can make the argument that not only is Luke Voigt not a fluke, but he's the best first baseman in the league. I. Uh, I don't know. Who would you even put next to him right now? I really don't know. I mean, obviously, Freddie Freeman's a great player, but I don't think he has the off, at least not, of course, not right now. Yeah, that's right now. I, I don't think that there, there can be much of an argument, especially in the American League. The American League's first baseman pretty much stink. Yeah. It's yeah. funny how, like, it's funny how you go through periods of, of times where, like, certain positions are stacked. Like, right now, right field is just ridiculous throughout the league you know 20 years ago it was shortstop yeah but anyway i digress but yeah i mean look you got guys like you got a guy like voight carrying the load you're gonna get judge back with another plus 1000 ops frazier's done a great job since he's come up so there there are sticks there to help the yankees um talkman probably could just use the base running tutorial <laughs> other than that he's been great but yeah he's been he's been good otherwise so um yeah we'll have to send him to tom amansky's uh one of tom amansky's vhs videos with fred mcgriff <laughs> in them. yeah 
I always, I always like the cutoff drill where they throw it into the garbage can at the end. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, I'll tell you who's disappointing though. And I mean, I know he's only had 21 at bats, but Andujar has not looked good at the plate and I keep waiting for him to get hot, but it's just not happening. Yeah, no. And his trade value could not be any lower right now. Coming yeah. off coming off a serious injury, not hasn't been hitting. We already know his fielding struggles, so I, I don't expect him to be traded. But I don't know really where his place is with the major league team right now because because he's struggling so so poorly. So I don't, it's going to be interesting to see where he fits because it seems like the Yankees. Um, kind of have Tyler Wade and Tyro Estrada above him on on the totem pole right now, and you know we we always we we're, we were just joking how it's the Yankees. We wouldn't be surprised if Lemayhu winds up missing a month because that's just how injuries seem to go with the Yankees. But on the other side of that, I also wouldn't be surprised if if that happened if Tyro Estrada posted a one thousand OPS over that month because that's just how the Yankees have been weathering these injuries since the beginning of last year it's just random guys seemingly random guys coming up and and producing and so i wouldn't be surprised if tyro estrada goes goes on a tear to kind of help mask yet another injury to a seemingly crucial piece next next man up is going to be tyro all right <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised someone yeah. someone who i uh, hope to see get it going again is urshela he hit, he hit a home run in his last game, but his last ten games a, a five seventy one OPS after he was on a tear to to start the season. So hope, hopefully he can we, get it going. We kind of saw that from him last year, though, where he'd have like this spurt where you'd be like, "Oh man, it was a fluke," and then he would get hot again. It was he was very streaky. Yeah. Um, so I I, I think uh, you know may, maybe hitting fourth or third or whatever went to his head a little bit maybe <laughs> pulled the pressure on him. No, no, but seriously, he just he, he went through these these slumps last year. I, I think he'll be all right. I mean, still rounded out with an eight forty six OPS and apparently plays the best third base in the uh, league according to A Rod. So yes, you know, let's just let's just go ahead trust. and flip over the A's depth chart so we can yeah. ignore got Matt a, Chapman. Um, but speaking of, of A-Rod and ESPN, um, I thought the ESPN StatCast broadcast was great for the Yankees game on Sunday. Um, I know we had uh, Benetti on, and, and it was really cool to, to listen to that after uh, that interview. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I was, And then he got to call a no-hitter last night. Yep. Man, that, that, last, that last hit or that last ball in play was uh... – my heart dropped for for Giolito because I was like, oh god, we've been through this as fan, Yankee fans with Mike Mussina. And what was the expected batting average on that ball? Uh, like eight hundred or something like that. I don't know, but but, but good for, good for uh, good for Lucas Giolito. And yeah, I mean, it was great to to have to experience the Statcast broadcast for a Yankee game. And I was on vacation, but I still made sure I, I watched most of it because I love those broadcasts so much. And we get to get another one again this weekend with uh, with Braves Phillies, so everyone yep. uh, make sure you watch that. Speaking of the Phillies, how about the end to that game on Sunday Night Baseball last week with D? Yeah, not not making a great throw, but still throwing a guy out at the plate. <laughs> it didn't have the distance, but it was on the line. Yeah, just had to bounce I mean, a couple times. 
his throws were still a little erratic last year after Tommy John. So I'm sure maybe things aren't completely settled in there yet, but he's a big time player. He makes a play when it has to happen. What do you think Joe Girardi's binder says right now, working with, uh, with the Phillies bullpen? Just every page, every page says fucked, fucked. Yeah. I was just going to say just the F word across everything. It's, it's, it's all the pages have the watermark from the office, the, (laughs) the obscene watermark on them. That's it. So yeah, that's, that's probably it. But yeah, I feel, I, I feel bad for their bullpen, but, uh, you know, Didi's Didi's the man. Didi's one of those guys. Like, yeah, I, I like the the metrics, but I don't need to. I don't need to read any stats. When I always have a good feeling about Didi. Yeah, it's just, just someone you, out the window. Just, just like someone you enjoy like watching. Yeah, just like Jeter. It's just enjoy watching him, cause, and that's all you got to do. Yeah, he he makes certain plays look great, probably because he couldn't get to them and make them look more routine than they probably should have been. But you still love to watch him. And hey, the Yankees could sure as hell use Didi right now. Just, just yeah, lost their sure. two middle infielders. Yep, that's that's for sure. I wish they could have brought him back on a one-year deal, but you know the Yankees are now furloughing player development employees. And glad I didn't get any of those jobs. <laughs> clearly, clearly don't have the financial means. The second most valuable franchise in America, sports franchise in America. That that's a shame to see because you know they can afford it. Mm-hmm. But you gotta get Hal a new yacht. Yeah. So, anyway, that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. I don't know the the, the big thing of the Sackcast broadcast circling back the the Ford home run was awesome to to see because he just tanked that ball. Yeah. And it was cool to see all the the, the numbers on that, but kind of sucked we didn't get a judge uh, at bat during that. And hopefully the Yankees are lined up for another one maybe later this year, and uh, we could unleash the full firepower. Yeah, I would have loved to have the previous Yankees Red Sox Sunday night game on the Statcast booth when Judge hit the two home runs. That would have been great. No, oh, yeah, when Matt Vescurgeon went full demon mode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's not much else to talk about because there have been literally no games. Yeah, yeah. We we did the double double recording last week before you went on vacation, and then the, they got swept and then didn't play. Yeah. So that's it. I don't know. That's all I got. All right, cool. Well, anything you're uh, – oh, did, are, we, are we still doing this? Are we still talking about what we're looking forward to? There's actually I, stuff to look forward to now. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the doubleheader today. And, and, you know, I guess playing the Mets, it should, should be relatively easy, I hope. Yeah, should, um, should be. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, – Looking forward to seeing Cole pitch a complete game tonight. That's that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to having the Yankees to watch again because I got back from vacation and was just super excited to have the Yankees on and watch a full game again. And then that just kept getting pushed back. Then I was really excited yesterday, and that once again got interrupted. So hoping for no no, no crazy news in the next few hours and that there actually is 14 innings of baseball played today and i'm i'm looking forward to watching all of it that yeah that'd be good all right well thanks again everyone for listening we'll, we'll be back next week hopefully to talk about a full slate of games there will be a lot of games to talk about if all goes according 
to the schedule. So enjoy Cole on the mound today, and we'll talk to everybody next week. I'm also looking forward to Judge coming back. I just want to throw that in. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's probably what we both should have said. But see you later, everybody. Go Yankees.